Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Dr. Laura Choate. Dr. Choate has 15 years' experience as counselor educator at Louisiana State University and 16 years as a licensed professional counselor. She has 40 publications in journals and in books, most of which have been related to girls' and women's wellness. Today we'll be talking about her latest book, Swimming Upstream, Parenting Girls for Resilience in a Toxic Culture. Hi, Laura. Welcome to Family Confidential. Hi, Annie. Thanks for having me today. (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. You know, um, I'm very excited to be talking to you because I spent a lot of time talking with tween and teen girls about... um, self-confidence and body image. And I was just really drawn to the title of your book, Swimming Upstream, and your notion of the toxicity in our American culture when it comes to our pre-adolescent or adolescent girls. Can you tell me what is it that they're up against that makes it so hard and, and makes it an upstream swim? Right. Yes. I our to- our culture is toxic for young girls today, um, both in their pre-adolescent years as well as the early adolescent years. Because when they look to the culture in defining themselves and to learning, what do I have to do to measure up? What do I have to do to be successful? Um, to be accepted? What they're learning is they have to uh, define their worth and value according to what I call the three A's. And the first A is appearance. They learn that their worth and value is based on being as hot and sexy as possible. They're learning this at a young age to define themselves based on their appearance and not just being thin and beautiful, but also as hot and sexy as possible. And at the, so hold on, before you go to number two, because this is great, um, you say they're learning it. They're learning it from, I mean, you talk about eight-year-old girls, so I'm not sure, maybe this is naive, how much exposure to the greater culture a seven- or eight-year-old girl has it. They're learning it from from mom. They're learning it from, where are they learning it from? Right. I mean, they are learning it from the culture. Not so much, I don't think, that parents are shoving this down their daughter's throat. They're learning it from so many different uh, toys that they play with. Uh, You look the Monster High dolls, the Bratz dolls, they're all stylized to look like much older girls. They're wearing um, hot and sexy clothes. They're learning it from the shows they watch, even in the preschool set, about how girls are taught to act. They're learning it through dance classes, through the um, sexualized moves that um, people think are cute for young girls Mm. um, to to dance to. And then they're also learning it for the clothes that are marketed to young girls that look like much older, the clothes that much older girls would wear, but they're cut and fit. um, with small sizes so that um, young girls are learning, I need to look like this if I'm going to be accepted, if I'm going to be valued. Wow, this is really hard for a mom who, for example, doesn't necessarily want to buy these kind of clothes and maybe that mom's options for other wardrobe choices for her seven or eight-year-old daughter are limited, huh? Right. Yes, I'm a mom of a 10-year-old girl, so um, I know what's out there. I see the clothes that are out there. And that's why the book is called Swimming Upstream. You have to make deliberate choices to do things a little bit differently and say no when your daughter wants an outfit maybe that you think is inappropriate for her age, that it's okay to say no. It's okay to do things differently than what maybe the other parents in your community are doing. Wow. Okay. So because I spend so much time interfacing with the girls themselves, I know how much peer pressure there is to dress Mm -hmm. and look a certain way. So I can imagine a strong mom is saying, no. I'm not buying that. I don't feel comfortable with you wearing that. And the answer is no. And the girl goes to school with a more reasonable looking (laughs) outfit for her age. 
and yet no one is dressing like that. And she's starting to get a lot of social flack for the way she's dressing. Um, how does mom then deal with what daughter comes home with feeling, oh, I've been an outcast all day because you made me wear this, mom. Right. And we're we're not advocating that girls wear um, unattractive <laughs> clothes, right, just right. not the hot and sexy fashions. And I always talk about that it needs to be, is what you're wearing comfortable? Because this is childhood and they need to be able to run and play and not be hampered by um, a tight short skirt or a belly shirt that they might be wearing. And then to talk about and help her think about the, the message that might be coming across and that we're, you're, we're helping you do this because of your safety. We're concerned about your safety. We're concerned about your comfort. And that's more important to us than being the best dressed girl at school right now. Wow. And, wow. and, and, and to have to, to have deal, to up, deal with up with whatever is coming at them from, from the other girls, um, we can talk a little bit about resilience in a, in a bit, but I think that's part of it as well. Okay, so the first A was appearance. What's the All second right, the A? Sec- yes, the second A is about getting as much attention as possible, both online and in real life. So they're dealing with how their friendships and um, future romantic relationships, but also so much pressure from social media and getting as much attention as possible, being possibly discovered and becoming famous online, getting as much attention from as many followers, as many likes for your photos as possible. And that's just a pressure that was not here you know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, that girls are dealing with today, that parents, I don't even think we understand that pressure cooker environment where when we were in school, we had to guess whether or not we were popular. We thought, well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Today's girls actually have numbers to base this on. They can say, well, you have 800 friends, I have 600, therefore you must be more popular than me. You must be better than me somehow. So it's almost like this tangible marker of their worth and value, which is not based on, you know, reality. So interesting. And yet we know the numbers game is hardly a real indication of um, your self-worth, nor is it necessarily an indication of um, the esteem with which you're held in the hearts and minds of your, of your friends. And so, um, gosh, this is a lot trickier than when we, you know, when you said, well, we, we had to guess whether we were popular. We didn't have to guess whether we were being treated well. We didn't have to guess um, who we felt comfortable with in terms of our friendship circle. And so it's a real slippery slope and also um, very intangible. What we're asking girls to, to measure their self-worth on this numbers game. Whoa, <laughs> this is yeah. hard. Right. And it's so much based on a performance instead of who you really are. So is your representation of yourself on Instagram or on social media, is that really the true authentic you or is it the you you want to present to the world? And if you haven't learned who you really are yet, you may skip that important step and just always be basing what you do, what you say, what you post on what you think will please other people instead of based on who you really are, what you value, what are your passions, what are your interests. It's always going to be based on what other people think and pleasing others. That's very harmful for girls. No, this is no, so this important is because what you're saying, you're probably you're giving parents a model of the kinds of questions we ought to be asking our daughters as they self-assess what is important to you in terms of your own um, judgment of yourself. 
Um, is it only this picture that you post, these these um, outfits that you wear to school, or is there something deeper that we call character? Um, you know, the way you treat other people. How how do you measure your own goodness as a person, your own value? Wow, this is and I um. T- t- Correct me if you think I'm wrong. Is this something that a first or second grade girl could engage on in terms of a conversation with a parent? She can certainly start to learn about what does she like? What does she think? Mm -hmm. And what's it like to tell your friends no? Like Mm -hmm. if they want you to do something and you don't want to do it, can you stand up to them and say, no, I choose to do this? Can certainly learn that it's your um, worth as a person is not based on always pleasing other people or making them happy. So important. Okay, right. so we've got, we've got appearance and attention. What is the third A? The third A is accomplishments. And this, what I mean by this is really it encompasses the other two. It means you have to do it all and do it all perfectly. So you have to have perfect grades, perfect extracurriculars, be great in sports, be great in your relationships, and look perfect too. Really, it's the um, whole pressure of being um, all things to all people and feeling like you don't measure up unless you do everything perfectly. And that's a pressure for girls when, because who can live up to all three of these things simultaneously? And they feel like they're always running and running and never measuring up. This is a really very sad picture that you're painting here, Laura. Um, and that's just the pressure. It's just that running and running and never catching up is, um, it's futile. You're, the whole existence is based on something that can never be achieved. Right. And so that's why in the book I talk about in the first chapter, this is the culture, because we have to start by being aware of it. We have to know this is what our daughters are facing. And then I spend the rest of the book talking about, well, what can we do about it? That we don't have to just throw up our hands and say, oh, well, it's really sad for our daughters today. There are things we can do to help them swim upstream. Okay. So what are your big takeaways for parents of of girls, say, in the 8 to 14 each bracket um, so that we give them some hope and uh, some some concrete um, tools for a understanding this is the pressure but more um, how can we help our daughters because we've seen enough of what happens with girls who um, succumb to this enormous pressure they especially as you say at a time when they should be discovering who they are in fact are as as burgeoning young women, um, they're instead looking to see their reflection in everybody else's eyes. Um, you know, do I measure up? Someone else's opinion is more important than what I think about myself. So, what are some tips you can give for parents who are who are parenting in this age group? Yes, and that's a big question. I mean, I spend five chapters in the book talking about the different dimensions of resilience and what parents can do in each area. I'll just mention uh, maybe a couple of them briefly. I start with the parents themselves. First, we have to decide we're going to do things differently. We have to decide what... What kind of daughter do we want for the future? What do we want for her future? What kind of qualities do we want her to have? And then parent from those decisions, from those values, instead of moment by moment just reacting. Mm -hmm. And um, we have to be very intentional about being mindful of we're doing this to create character in our daughters and not just to be popular with her in the moment. Because if we do that, um, we're going to give in and bend and sway and um, not be very effective. And maybe... 
Mm-hmm. I was just going to say maybe um, moms especially need to have a, a quick check on how dependent on their peers' opinions we are. Yes. <laughs> I definitely talk about that in the book that you don't want to be a popular parent. And that may seem very countercultural, but you have to you're not going to be popular among your parenting peers. The other you won't be doing what other parents are doing um, if you follow the strategies that I outline in the book. And then it won't make you popular with your daughter either because she has, (laughs) but she will only has two parents. Um, And so we have to serve a different role and be willing to say, this is what I want for you. This is what I want for your future. And so I'm going to do what it takes to help you get there. And I know that's, I'm not always going to be liked in the moment, but I'll be loved for your whole life because I did this for you. Wow. This is a, this is very selfless. And I know the temptation is very strong for moms, especially um, today's moms who, who really um, value the close bond they have with their daughters, that almost BFF relationship a lot of moms and daughters have. But what you're saying is something very different. You're saying, okay, you may not like this decision and, and you know, I might not be your BFF in the moment, but that's not my role. Right. And we have to get our support and our validation from other sources, from other adults, from people who care about us. We shouldn't be trying to draw that from our children anyway. That's a great tip. And I'm I'm sure that message needs a lot of reinforcement because we want our daughters to love us and be happy when we let them do certain things. But if in our gut, it doesn't feel right, I'm I'm with you. Stand up and say, "Mm, no. Not okay. Right. Right. Okay. And um, another tip? Another, yeah. Another tip is um, build, promoting positive body image in our daughters because we know for girls, their self-esteem is so tied to their body image, how they feel about their physical appearances and particularly particularly their weight as their bodies are changing, as they're reaching puberty at younger ages. So, I, again, I hate to say this, but this starts with parents. It starts especially with mom and that your daughter is not going to feel good about her body unless you feel good about your own body and that a daughter's body image is a be- one of the best predictors of how positively your daughter is going to feel about her body is whether or not you have pot- positive body image. And that's really hard for moms to fathom, to think, wow, I tell her all the time she's beautiful, she's wonderful. But yet if you're constantly putting yourself down, if you're constantly saying, oh, I've got to lose five pounds before I can go to the beach this summer or 10 pounds or 20 pounds, whatever it might be. Oh, I look awful in this dress, whatever it might be. Your daughter's going to absorb that through osmosis. And in turn, she will feel negatively about herself. So it really behooves us as moms to take the time to evaluate how we're talking to ourselves when we say it out loud, or even if we just say it internally, it's not healthy for us, and it's certainly not healthy for our daughters. So that's a great place to start. That's a really great place to start. As I always say, put on your own oxygen mask first. Yes. Um, Easier said than done, but it's a place to start, to really start paying attention to that internal dialogue that you yourself are, are berating yourself with all the time and what comes out of your mouth when you don't even have an awareness that your daughter is, is listening. It's, it's really hard to, to model um, this kind of positive behavior or, or teach it if you're, if you're not, in fact, um, living it. This is mm-hmm. so important, Laura. Okay. Well, we only have a couple of minutes, and I'd love for you to give our listeners and viewers an opportunity to learn 
where they can find out more about your work. Okay. Um, And just to mention too, just some of the other topics that I talk about, I talk about healthy relationships and friendships and how to avoid toxic friendships, which are so common at this age. I talk about how to have a healthy balance with academics and extracurriculars. And then I also have a chapter on healthy coping skills and problem solving strategies that girls need in order to stay strong in today's culture. So they can find out more about my book, Swimming Upstream, Parenting Girls for Resilience in a Toxic Culture um, on Amazon.com. It's readily available there. They can find me at Facebook at Dr. Laura Choate, on Twitter at Dr. Laura Choate. And also I have a blog on um, wordpress.com as well as on psychologytoday.com. I'm a regular blogger on Psychology Today. I have a blog called Girls and Women's Wellness. This is great stuff, Laura. I'm, I'm very appreciative personally about, of your work. And now I, I have a great resource to offer to parents of tweens and teen girls. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my work with tweens, teens, and their parents, visit AnnieFox.com. And check out my parenting book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century. And my latest book for tween girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship, 50 Ways to Fix a Friendship Without the Drama. And please review our podcast on iTunes. It helps other people find the show, and we like to read them too. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Eggplant creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. And tune in next time when my guest will be the dynamic and highly effective bullying activist, Tammy Matola. Until next time, happy parenting. Happy parenting.